Hello and welcome to Chapel Chats. I am your host and chaplain, the Reverend Dr. Hannah Adams Ingram. Beloved community, it has been a difficult week. Our classes were virtual as we tried to keep each other safe amidst COVID-19. And we lost one of our own friends, students, classmate, Aaron Edwards. Our souls are heavy, tired, and sometimes it seems like everything is piling up. A difficult week amidst a difficult month, amidst a difficult year. Everything in the world is still scary, still unknown what is happening around us. But we come together in this time to be together, to seek hope and comfort together. And I hope that is what you find in this episode today. Today's episode will be a devotional episode rooted in the Christian tradition. Though we hope that no matter what background you come from, you may find comfort in this time together. No matter where you are on life's journey, you are welcome in our chapel chats. Hi, I'm guest producer Abigail Larkin, and I'm also co-president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Today, I will be reading from Philippians 4, verses 1 and 4 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, friends, I don't know what else to say. That passage itself is pretty clear, pretty direct. And it can be heard like a drink of cool water on a hot summer day, or better yet, a cozy blanket on a cool fall day. In this passage of Philippians, Paul offers words of peace and gratitude. And words like these are always important. But during times of stress and struggle and grief, They are harder to come to. 
In fact, maybe you're thinking right now that you couldn't disagree with me more when I call them comforting. Maybe instead, these words are hitting you as obnoxious. After all, when life seems stressful or full of anxiety or pain and someone tries to comfort us, their words can ring hollow. Almost like, how dare you counter my anger and grief with something optimistic like gratitude? Ugh. So let me take a moment to tell you a bit about the book of Philippians. Many scholars wonder if it's a collection of fragments of letters that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. But either way, we definitely think that it's a letter or letters to this church. Paul often wrote letters to these churches to encourage them when things were hard. Think of these epistles as the original Chapel Chats podcast. Life is hard, so Paul is trying to encourage people. But Paul is not outside of what is difficult. He is actually writing many of his letters from prison. Paul faced the most difficult of adversity because in those early days, Christians were a small minority that were being persecuted. Paul was in the muck and he was reaching out to encourage others in the muck. This is not a passage of sickeningly sweet optimism that is ungrounded in reality. This is his answer to the pain and the stress and the struggle. This is what he says to that. Let's read part of it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This passage is particularly powerful because it follows up the impossible directive about not worrying about anything with the assurance that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Inherent in this description is the confession that not worrying isn't a sensical proposition. Paul isn't suggesting that people stop worrying because that's easy or because it makes sense. But rather, there's something about the act of prayer and communing with God's presence that exceeds what makes sense to us. And when Paul says not to worry, he doesn't say to just forget about what bothers us. 
He says to hold it in prayer. To me, I wonder if the difference between worrying about something and praying about something is that obsession factor. When I worry, I'm living in the concern. I'm crawling into a corner and pulling that which scares me up to my chest like a blanket, wrapping myself wholly in the worry, losing sight of what else abounds, like hope. But when I pray, it's not that the worry goes away. It's that I name the fear and externalize it. It's no longer part of me. It is not my blanket. Rather, it's off my chest and living in the realm of hope and unexplainable, unexplicable peace that surpasses all that is sensical, all that is sensible understanding. Paul also ties this piece to gratitude. We know that gratitude is correlated with positive mental health, that there is something about naming what is good and appreciating moments and people. A practice of gratitude can buoy us right above the water when we feel like we might sink beneath the surface. Again, this isn't about being trite or silly but about the peace that may come when we meditate on goodness, the peace that surpasses understanding. I want to read the latter part of the passage again, too. Hear this encouragement from Paul, knowing he wrote them in the worst of circumstances himself. Finally, beloved, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. There can be inexplicable, unexplainable peace that comes from prayer, meditation, and gratitude, even in the worst of times. And I want to be careful not to suggest that praying takes away all pain and struggle. No. Sometimes we may experience levels of pain and anxiety and depression that call for some extra help and resources from professionals. And other times, the pain and the stress in the world call for our action, not just prayer, but we must act. Sometimes prayer and action go hand in hand. In times of exhaustion, and stress and uncertainty, though. Let us do what we can to set our hearts on what is good so that we may rest in those moments of peace 
that surpass all understanding when they come. Amen. Dear community, it is my sincerest wish that you found even a sliver of comfort or hope in this devotional time. But I want to take a moment to speak to those who did not. When you are in the midst of deep heartache and pain, sometimes a message of hope, even with the best of intentions, rings hollow and leaves us bitter, annoyed, angry. And these feelings can make us feel alone, even more isolated than ever before. I was pleased to hear that this week's InterVarsity speaker, or rather last week's, described the dark night of the soul, a concept attributed to St. John of the Cross to name these moments of deep spiritual pain that plague people at different times of life. While many of you might not have personal experience of a spiritual cloud that heavy, there are those amongst us that know that feeling intimately. And we are a community where all of these experiences matter and are held by God and by each other. Friends, I have been there myself. The Bible is rich with stories and poems for us, too. It's okay to feel like you need to be in the fog for a bit, to pull your grief over yourself like a blanket and let it affect you for a bit. I'll be praying for you, and the rest of us will hold on to hope when it seems hard for you to keep your fingers clasped around it. I'm here to talk when you are ready. For those that are hearing this, that resonate with this assurance more than the hopeful one of the devotional, I want to close by reading Psalm 6. May you find comfort in the communion of saints that have experienced the full range of loss and emotion even in the loneliest of days. May you be comforted by knowing you are not alone. Hear these words from the psalmist. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping 
and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. Amen.